0: Welcome to Dear Legal Ops, the podcast tackling tough topics impacting today's evolving legal operations profession anonymously. This podcast is made for and by the legal ops community. We will hear trailblazing tales and lessons learned from seasoned professionals, change makers, and community champions.
1: Join us as we go on a journey of delightful insights and enthusiastic ideas that will inspire you to find your inner brilliance personally and professionally.
0: Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Dearly Legal Ops. I'm your co-host, Tom Stevenson. Today, Tommy and I are excited for the second part of our CLM cooking in La Cochina. Oh yes, y'all, we're continuing on this culinary adventure, crafting a gourmet CLM dish with limited resources. Picture yourself as a master chef in the bustling kitchen of legal operations, where the secret ingredient is always innovation. In our letter today, we're stirring the pot with a listener from Connecticut who's feeling the heat in the fiery depths of contract reviews and negotiations. They're yearning to create a leadership-level five-star meal, but find themselves stuck with a cold CLM casserole from the budget buffet. It's a sentiment that many of us Tommy and I included, can relate to as we navigate the complex world of CLM with a sprinkle of budget and a dash of existing alternative resources. Joining us in the kitchen today is a seasoned chef in the world of CLM, ready to share her secret recipe for success. Roma Khan, well, y'all, let me just read it straight from LinkedIn because it's too damn good to stray away from the original. So Roma is, I quote, the contract's queen Bootstrapping CEO, inventor, connector, attorney, fashionista, and now IVF warrior. She's also the inventor of Global NDA, CEO of Crush Contracts, and owner of Roma Khan Law, a boutique law firm specializing at all the intersections of business and tech entrepreneurship. So Tommy and I, as we kind of talk about in this episode... We've been watching Roma from the sidelines for a while, and I was thrilled when our paths crossed earlier in 2023 at Legal Geek North America in Chicago. You know, I lived in Chicago for almost 13 years, and it's always gonna be the city that gave me so much, including a chance to leave behind a few crazy exes that still live there. And thanks to the incredible and gracious support from Lexion, shout out to Krista and Jonathan for organizing, and our girl, Jessica, for all the incredible things that you do with your brand, voice, passion, and commitment to the community. Rome and I talked about CLM and contracts over a bottle or three of wine. So thanks for coming to that TED Talk. But seriously, this is going to be an incredible episode today. We'll explore the art of crafting a personalized CLM cookbook and give you tips on resource optimization and leadership in CLM. We'll also kind of Talk a little bit about that hot topic of contract ownership, sparking a fiery debate from a LinkedIn post by Mary O'Carroll a few weeks back that challenges the conventional views on the ownership of contracts and who really is in the driver's seat. Is it legal or is it in the name of Brittany and Whitney, anyone but legal? So as we venture into this culinary concoction with our Chicago chef, we're going to get dirty with our listeners so they can hopefully leave with more insights, lists, and checkpoints needed to craft your gourmet CLM dish. From identifying the foundations of a CLM cookbook to developing a flexible and actionable plan, Tommy and I, we're here to guide you every step of the way. So sit back as we dive into our letter with the queen of contracts as Tommy and I bridge the gap between the voices behind the letters and the vibrant communities surrounding us. But first, grab that glass and get comfy as we dig deep into Dear Legal Ops. Our letter today comes from the fiery depths of Contract Reviews and Negotiations, Connecticut. Our chopped CLM contestant writes, Dear Legal Ops, picture me in a bustling legal kitchen trying to whip up a gourmet CLM dish with just a sprinkle of budget and a dash of existing resources. How do I make this recipe pop without the shiny new gadgets? When I joke and secretly cry to my therapist about hailing from the fiery pits of CLM hell, it's because I can't figure out how to craft, create, and concoct a leadership-level five-star meal because all she's serving these days is a cold CLM casserole from the budget buffet. Oh, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. I am so excited today for our wonderful guest, Roma Khan. I know that you and I were teeing this up in last week's episode. And so should we just let's bring her on in? All right.
1: Let's do it. CLM is such a big topic. We needed two episodes, Roma. And oh, am I
2: excited for you to be the guest on the second episode? Well, I am so excited to be here. It's such a cool moment for me to be a listener, a fan, and now to be on the show and talk about contracts and contract management.
0: When we think about community and whatever that means, right, whether it's professional, personal, the blend, the intersection between the two, what we're trying to advocate here at Dear Legal Ops, it is truly about these webs that connect together at Interesting times that you may not have thought lined up for you. For example, when we were in Chicago, we were at a conference earlier this summer, and there was a legal ops event afterwards. And we kind of spent more time at that, getting to know each other because we've seen each other on the conference circuits and online and thought leadership things. But we really had the opportunity, I think, to sit down for more than an hour or so and and just talk about life in general and what we're doing. And when Tommy and I we're thinking, okay, we have a lot of CLM content here. We're ready to make this a dual episode. I was like, oh, 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 Roma is going to be, she's going to be <laughs> so great at this. So we both are are thrilled that not only that you're here, but I think just kind of speaks to the power of community and networking and just opening yourself up to those opportunities and experiences.
2: Well, I'm very excited to be here as well. So I'll tell you, I connected with you on LinkedIn about a year ago, I think a year and six months ago. And you just came into my feed and you were with Credit Karma at that time. And I had written about like how Credit Karma helped me improve my credit, which kind of led me in this path where I can now have a business. I was like, you know, seven years later. And that was the first interaction. And because I interacted with you, suddenly all these other legal people and influencers and my feed started just go insane. And I'm like, what just happened? I thought LinkedIn was for resumes. So you really were my introduction into this great big legal world of legal community and our niche community of contracts and in-house counsels and transactional lawyers. So I've, I've been your fan for some time. And then I saw you DJing in Vegas and then we ran into each other. I'm like, this has to happen. We gotta, We got to get together, drink some champagne and talk about all things we love. And I'm so excited to meet you face-to-face too, Tommy, because I've heard you. And when he started talking about you, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be great. Like, I, you know, I, I haven't met you yet, but now I get to meet you. And we will see each other soon in person.
1: We will. And cheers to all of that. Tom being the, the influencer, bad influencer, <laughs> <laughs> pulling you and in. Roma, you have to tell me the story. Well, you have to tell everyone. You have to tell our listeners the story behind your name, Contacts Queen.
2: I was given that name because I'm really good at wrapping up my contracts as quickly as possible. And I thrive on... I don't want it all the time, but I thrive on chaos and like month ends and quarter ends. Everybody's running around crazy. And eventually I um, I, I decided not to be mad at business. This is early on in my, my career. And I was like, all right, let's make it work. But after this, you owe me wine and cupcakes. And they all loved it, especially the sales teams, right? So they were closing deals. And then we would have a good celebration afterwards. And eventually I started getting the name Contracts Queen. And one of my friends was like, you need to put that out there, Roman. You need to own that name. And I said, all right, I'm going to own it. So it's been on social media for a few years now, but I've been the contract team for over a decade.
0: Uh, I will say that when I looked at your LinkedIn and when we were kind of doing the prep for this call, I would say this letter specifically spoke out to both of us. <laughs> and Tommy was the one that was like, oh, let's go. Let's continue in the kitchen. And yeah. for those out there, I'll I'll paraphrase what really grabbed both of our attention, which is when Roma Khan is not innovating law and empowering <laughs> others, she <laughs> dot dot dot. There's a couple things, but it ends with yeah. decorates cakes comma and throws fabulous parties. Which I mean, hi, welcome to the house of dearly globs up in here, you know. So right. welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome. So thinking about how that stood out to us, and then now getting to our CLM Chopped Chef from Connecticut. I think one of your specialties is going into this proverbial kitchen, right? With no ingredients, which we're often seeing for in-house teams when it comes to contract lifecycle management platforms, processes, hiring and resources. So when there is no ingredients and kind of a pantry full of shit, right? How do you put it together? Like, let's put you up on in the, the CLM Chopped show on Food Network.
2: So I'm on Chopped on Dear Legal Ops at the moment. So I love this concept so much. I think when we you and I were chatting earlier about just like resources and how to get things done, what you have, I really enjoyed that, the general idea, because I like to create. I've been very resourceful my whole life. I've been like this since I was a kid, and it gave me a lot of pride and ego boost to say, look what I did with what I had, you know, that makes me feel even better instead of saying I have unlimited resources and I created this or I had this much and I make this. So it started with not being able to go out and do grocery shopping sometimes and you're hungry and it's like, what do I have in the kitchen? And I would start making things and I'm like, I'm a genius in the kitchen. Look at all these things that I make. And I've always had as a kid, this love for presentation, like I would read in my parents cookbooks. And it's in the 80s and just kind of admiring how things were presented. And I believed that if it wasn't presented well, I wasn't going to eat it. So it all all of that kind of came together with how I cook, how I present myself, and then working with contracts, even contract templates. I've I've had, you know, multiple times people look at my templates and say, this is a work of art. And they haven't even read the contract because of just the design of it and the layout of it and how I chose certain words to just sort of de-escalate and disarm the person. So presentation matters a lot. All of that comes together in that chopped kitchen, right? If you go and you're given the best cut of meat and you make pot roast out of it in a sloppy way, it doesn't matter what you made and even how good it tastes because it doesn't look good. And you can have grilled cheese and you can present it the right way and it could look so appetizing. So big part of utilizing your resources and giving the best thing possible is a combination of making it good and also presenting it well.
0: So Tommy, I'd love to hear what you think of when it's crafting this gourmet CLM dish you know with with limited resources where are you starting at in the kitchen what are you thinking about first
1: well before i tell you where i'm starting tom i need to first comment on what roma's wearing for the audience so the audience doesn't know but we have the <laughs> we have the ability to see Roma has this beautiful yellow on, but she has this feathery, delightful feathery piece. What is it? It's not a... It's a fastener. It's like... Thank yeah, you. you. wear this for the derbies, yeah.
0: It's like a floral fastener that almost looks yellow and bright, like sunlight.
1: And I had yes. to mention it because Roma was just talking about how much presentation matters and she's not lying. Like she delivers on her promise of presentation. So she brought it here. So I had to share that for the folks that won't see this. but
2: Thank you. So
1: so resource optimization. So I love this idea of sort of just starting where you're at. Like starting where you're at with what you have and not putting off starting because you don't have X, Y, Z. Like I don't have the newest and greatest tooling or I don't have the budget to go out and hire someone. I don't have, okay. So then you sort of had to start where you are. So what do you have, right? And Roma, even you pointing out The psychological trick of presenting the words on the page in a format that flows and maybe is easier to read and it's not clunky and in two columns, right? And is a terrible font. Like, even putting your company's branding on it, your company's font, like updating all that, all those psychological presentations matter, right? And so, you could, that's like actually a very lo fi, high impact no cost adjustment that you can start making to a process. I will give this example and then I'd love to hear your your take on it. I once had very high volume when I worked in affiliate marketing, very high, high, high volume MSAs and order forms that were negotiated every single time. And so it took us a couple of years to figure out what do we do because we can't get past the amount of legal support tickets that come in. We put the legal lease all online and we stripped down all the business points into order forms and even that psychological change it changed our negotiations like we stopped negotiating probably 70% of those contracts because what we delivered to someone was so beautiful and they just saw sort of the business parts of it and it we turned through it so quickly so obviously yeah. that's not available to everyone and every industry won't go for it and it's not the solution but I do love how it ties into your idea of just how you, you deliver something to someone psychologically really can change their reaction to it. And that can help your deal times. There's a reason why you're the contracts queen, right? So go, go yeah. into it. Tell me, like, what, what are your ideas on resource optimization when we're all budget constrained?
2: I love that story, and I think that it can all translate into just simpler things that we can do. You know, I, This example is great because you showed how a simple modification, and let's say you don't have the high-tech tools and resources, but you can just bullet point certain things. You can separate certain instructions out. I'm doing a workshop in a couple of days on how to write a practical playbook, and I wrote an article about it, and the whole thing was focused around design thinking. Like You have to write... And you have to build things for the reader and you have to be solution focused, right? So same thing, if you look at the purpose of your negotiation was to get to a certain deal to get that meeting of the minds. And for that, you made the path so much easier by whether visually appealing it or providing the right assets, easily accessible information. And that's an example of process optimization with what you have. And that's more on the aesthetic side and the presentation side. The other parts of it is, you know, let's, if you're diving a little bit more on the resources of technology in a legal department or a contracts department that has a limited budget and you've got these deadlines and goals to meet. So the first thing I would say is, everyone take a step back and look at and say, you have your mind, you are strategic, you're smart, you're here for a reason. You can, first of all, do this. You have a lot of technology today that you didn't have even five years ago, that you didn't have 10 years ago. Like people have done this job and many of them have done it successfully with manual analog tools. So we are quite far ahead where we are today. So let's give ourselves some recognition and look at the tools that we have. So if you don't have a contract management tool, I have turned Google Sheets trackers into CLMs for companies that didn't have CLMs and automating those trackers a little bit, giving the right people certain access. And I mean, you can do so much on Google Sheets and I'm not even like a a spreadsheet person and I like it. So there's technology that you can use, you can color code things to allow certain access to people. So, uh, you know, when I was studying for the bar, I didn't pass the California bar the first time. My problem was I was, my mind thinking was like I was philosophizing too much, I was writing too much. And somebody gave me a tip and said, don't make them look for the answer. They're grading a lot of papers, they have to go through a lot of stuff. If you're going to make them look for something, they're already frustrated. So by the time they get to your answer, even if it's right, you've kind of pissed them off, right? And I kind of stayed with me. And i Evolve my communication and presentation style based on that. So if you have resources and you are presenting a deliverable to your leadership or to your team, make sure that they're able to get to it in the fastest and easiest way possible, not in the most complex, sophisticated way that you thought you could build because you would just like having fun doing those things. Right. You got to turn it around and make it user focused. The other thing I would say is also, there's this pressure to make everything gourmet. We don't want gourmet all the time. Comfort food is also very important, right? Sometimes, and oftentimes, you want something that's simple, that's yummy, and that's fulfilling. So you could have the expectations and deliverables could be, hey, I just need the reports on certain data points And I just need that information because it's going to go into something else or I just need to know this. So I have my peace of mind before I go to bed tonight and the CFO just needs to know certain numbers. So you don't need to sit down and go through this fancy technology and force the CFO to log into the CLM to look at this data. You can just collect that data, put it in a piece of paper, say, you want this is the question, here's the answer. There you go. Right, so you can simplify even with all the high tech tools sometimes. Give the most simple form answer to get the job done. So, gourmet is wanted, but comfort is also sometimes more in demand than the gourmet piece of things.
0: This episode is made possible by our sponsor, Legal.io. Legal.io is the fastest growing community and marketplace for legal talent. Legal.io connects legal professionals to resources and opportunities at the world's leading in-house departments and firms. Legal.io is the launchpad for legal careers, matching legal ops professionals, attorneys, paralegals, and so many other legal professionals at some of the world's most exciting companies with a level of precision that only a data-driven, vertical-specific marketplace can provide. Supported by significant investors like Tiger Global, Legal.io is redefining the legal workspace. If you want to learn about the enterprise marketplace solution for legal talent, access salary surveys with compensation data as unique as you, and join their vibrant in house legal community, visit www.legal.io. That's L E G A L.io. Legal.io, your gateway to a global legal talent marketplace designed with the legal operations community in mind.
1: Love it. Love it. She brought the cooking reference in.
0: So good. And what I think is that I resonated the most with was also, you know, when I was at Credit Karma and Teledocs, it's just understanding that This resource optimization, it's really about what steps you need to start thinking about or understanding about the business to know what your true needs are. And so a lot of times it's, hey, we may not have this resource, but we need to push this initiative forward and we have the budget for it. So let's look at flex talent, right? Let's look at an ALSP. Let's look at things that can move this forward. And a lot of times it is driven by legal ops trying to find what that solution is and when you look at the tasks and what the business blockers are related to contracts, and it's then defining those primary goals that really drive revenue forward. So what are we trying to accomplish here? So you may already have a vintage car that just works fine. It's okay to have the Toyota, right? But how do you you <laughs> know, find your voice in a sea of the tech tool galore? I think it's it's true. The Chicago Segways, if you guys have never been to Chicago, those Segways, I think, is really a parallel to legal operations. And if you're leveraging those relationships and the items in the pantry with what you have in your kitchen, it doesn't always have to be the fanciest or newest car, right? The Toyota works just fine. And I think, Tommy, what I'd love to kind of hear from you is once you have kind of crafted that CLM dish with the limited resources... What are you doing next? Are you going to your cookbook? Are you just cooking it off the top of your mind because you've done this before? Like, what are you doing next?
1: Well, I think, Roma, Roma, my ears perked when, when you said playbook, because I actually think one of the biggest tools that we have that's an efficiency tool, an optimization tool as well, is developing a playbook. So not only is the legal team serving the business in a way that's uniform, in a way that can really move, close those deals fastest, but is also keeping a nice risk tolerance for those attorneys Mm -hmm. on the team that feel like, hey, we all bought in. We all developed something where we determined what our risk tolerance is. We determine what our fallback positions are, right? And so we know sort of where we are from an organization. And so one way that you really can start to develop a personalized cookbook is designing the playbook for the team. And so the business can start to also be empowered. I've had really business savvy salespeople who they've started to tear into playbooks and learn them and start to figure them out. They're like, yep, on first pass, we got blah, blah, blah. And here, I gave them fallback positions, ABC. And when you start to get to that point where your business is rocking and rolling, and they don't need to sort of think about it or ask you every time, can I, sir, may I have permission? So tell Please, me, what's your secret? Rome. Yeah, <laughs> may I have permission yeah. <laughs> to, to let them change the governing law? So Roma, tell me, have you, I presume you've developed so many of them, but what's your secret to success when you're developing them? How do you, How do you get that kicked off and what does that look like?
0: Yeah, like what are the three to five main pages you need to get your playbook off?
2: Before I say that, I want to... I love what you just said because that was how my legal career, my contracts career took off as well. When I first started doing contracts, the way I was trained was pushback, red line. Create backlog. This is how we're going to have. And this was the recession. So contracts were brought into into legal department around the recession, the last recession. They didn't have normally, before that, actually sit in legal. They sat in business or a contracts team and they would go to legal only for certain questions. So the whole point of the playbook, just like where it started in football, is to teach the new person how to play the games, memorize them, and move on. It's not for you to constantly read it and be dependent, over-dependent on it. So when I have written playbooks and then and, and I help clients write playbooks, I boil it down to two primary sections. It's process and positions. And the process Ooh, part is I the like overall. That. Yeah, I knew you would. I like that. <laughs> it's the, the process of how contracts move in your company. You have to have that separated from the positions. And then the positions are what positions are you taking on certain clauses. And again, you don't have to write every single clause that needs to go in that positions section. You just write the ones that are negotiated, the non-negotiable ones, the, you know, the general terms, the whatever, the party names, this and that. You don't need to put that in the playbook. Just go to the ones that are heavily negotiated. And then you can have two sections, like, you know, based on the contract type or the type of, you know, is it liability, high risk, low risk? Give them the alternates and then walk away. The way I want to design my legal departments and I hope my clients is that if you're no longer there, can somebody pick it up and understand what happened? It's like that rule against perpetuities. Like if all of us are gone, who wrote this contract? <laughs> <Then> <laughs> and the somebody world ends. pick it up. See, I brought up rules against perpetuities after law school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I I love that. I will I will say that I think what really hopefully will help our CLM Chopped Chef from Connecticut is understanding that, yes, once we ultimately craft the dish and then we put that playbook that's personalized, as you said, adding value to it, it's really about then finding things that are in every pantry, right? There are some core items that the business can agree on. And those then kind of become the foundations of a CLM cookbook. You also really scratched an itch that I'm I, I wanna <laughs> just I'll quickly glance over, which is when you were talking about contracts and how are contracts owned by legal? Are they business in their nature? And one of the pioneers in the legal ops community and the legal community. Chief Community Officer of Ironclad, Mary O'Carroll, she recently posted, and I'll quote, who should own contracts and its tooling? Who should own contracts and its systems and tools within an organization? Some say everyone owns it, which means no one owns it. I, as in Mary, feel strongly that this should be the GC's responsibility and an obvious part of his or her job. And I think that post itself just goes to this final piece, which is once you have the playbook, right? it's really about who are you servicing? Who are you taking in your kitchen? Who are you feeding with the contracts program, system, tooling process? You're really rethinking the ownership and the nature of contracts. So I'd kind of really like to close this up today with understanding when you are prepping it, when you are reading the cookbook when you are getting finished with the final preparations and serving it. How are you going to guide someone who's in this chopped CLM world as well to whip up a masterful mix in the CLM culinary arena while understanding that the role of contracts is based upon a lot of different parts and where do you start?
2: Uh, you know, I'm glad that you uh, you brought up Mary's post. And I, I love Mary and we've connected and it just goes to show that, and it ties towards your last question as well. It all depends on who you are serving this meal to. Who is eating this? Who are you preparing it for? Is it for adults or is it for kids, right? Is this for somebody who's sick or is it somebody who's healthy? So we look at contracts and contracts the deals that the contracts represent in what industry you're in and who you're serving. If it is a heavily regulated company with the products and services can cause a lot of harm and damage, and perhaps legal and compliance will be heavily involved. If it's a low risk product or service where business teams can't handle almost all of it, even when you tell them, go ahead and negotiate the legal terms, then that's fine, right? So it's like you mentioned, what's the risk appetite and the risk exposure for your business, so it can vary from time to time, but mostly my recommendation is that contracts remain out of legal. Legal is the counsel. Legal can watch over things and be roped in. It doesn't always have to be gourmet, right? Take anything that's simple, put a little flower on it, and it looks nice. Oh, <laughs> you know, yes. like like Tom, like Tom said earlier, right? Take it. And brand it, put your logo on there. Like make just, don't just send in a document with just some you know numbers on it, like make it look nice. And then also the vice versa is that don't serve something like a buffet plate of like everything on it. When you go to a very expensive, fancy restaurant, they serve you in simplicity and minimalistic way. So you also have to think about, do I need all of these things? Do I need to show everybody that I've used every single tool in the kitchen and every single ingredient? No. What's the mood? What do they want to eat? What do they need to eat? And just for that, make that simple dish and give them what they need and save yourself a lot of time because you you can use that time to think ahead and think, okay, now month end is coming up in two weeks. I know it sounds two weeks, but contracts might be up for renewal. Why don't I get ahead and set up some reminders in the contract management system to get everybody, all the stakeholders updates. If you don't have a CLM, then every time you sign a contract, I know it's a little bit of extra work, but add a calendar invite for the expiration date and a 30-day reminder notices to all the stakeholders. So now you have an event and whether they like it or not, they're going to keep getting those invites or reminders that this contract is expiring. So it takes a it takes a little bit of effort here and there, but you can find those resources, tips and tricks to use what you already have.
0: I think this was the perfect ending for our CLM chopped contestant because you really gave both Tommy and I today and and our listeners this this real strategy and approach to ultimately taking control of your CLM process, focusing on developing a flexible and actionable plan that really aligns with their business goals. And I think when you then add in the element of legal service providers or flexible talent or utilization that moves initiatives forward when it's back and aligned with the business, that's when we can start empowering our listeners to really take what's in their kitchen and whip up a CLM masterpiece. So Roma, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us in the Dear Legal Ops Studios. For those that would like to get in contact with Roma, Romacon is the contracts queen, former general counsel and founder and CEO of Crush Contracts. Roma, thank you so much for joining us today and on behalf of Tommy and I, we want to thank our audience. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Roma. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. And as we whisk away the remnants of today's hearty conversation, we find solace in the shared pains and triumphs from the fiery pits of CLM from Connecticut. Remember, DLO doers, if tooling is scarce and the budget a mere sprinkle, let the flavors of innovation abundantly flow. Today, Roma reminded us that chef's kiss, even a cold CLM casserole from the budget buffet, can be warmed and transformed into a feast for champions. Our journey is a shared recipe of hope, perseverance, and wavering commitment to excellence. We explore the secret ingredients of leadership and drawing inspiration from community champions. Dear legal operatives, remember this. The culinary masterpiece you aspire to craft is not defined by the zest of your zeal as we venture forth into myriad realms of contracts let us wear our aprons of agility and wield our whisks of wisdom so keep the fires burning the pots simmering and the flavors flourishing the dear legal ops kitchen is always a buzz and you dear legal ops listeners will always have a seat at our table bon appetit y'all For more Dear Legal Ops content, make sure to follow us on all social media using the handle at Dear Legal Ops.
0: Have a tough legal ops topic you want us to tackle? Submit a letter and share your stories with us at dearlegalops.com slash submit for a chance to be featured on the show.
1: Like what you hear? Go ahead and leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening.
0: As always, I'm your host, Tom Stevenson, adding a splash of color to the lively landscape that is legal operations.
1: And I'm Tommy tavares Pereira, your voice of reason amidst the whirlwind of change, keeping it real and relatable.
0: Dear Legal Ops is produced by Red Rock Music.
1: Until next time.